All right, Acres of Diamonds listeners, this is podcast number three. I'm here with our mainstay co-host, DJ Ligori, and our special guest, Andy Miller. Andy, welcome. Glad, glad to, to be here. here. Well, you don't know yet. You, you haven't sat through one of these. You may be glad to be here or not. We'll see. You never know. <laughs> so Andy, Andy's here to talk about connection today, and uh, DJ and I actually got this recommendation from one of our podcast guests, Nick Prince, that thought Andy would be uh, excellent to talk about this subject, so... Um, find a way to kick us off today? Yeah, so today we're, we were thinking about talking about connection um, based upon team performance. And really what we want to do, we almost want to create, this is kind of like our thesis, that teams or families, any group of individuals who are better connected, perform better. And by better meaning they obviously achieve much more success, they know how each other operates. Um, throughout our lives, we are given group situations or, I mean, these could be one-on-one relationships, whether it's a mother and a son, a father and a son, brother and sister, or two friends. Um, throughout our lives, we have these different connections that we can build. And a lot of the times we necessarily, we, we need people to trust us, trust ourselves and we can become vulnerable a little bit and we can almost open up to people because then they can actually connect better with us. And so we had some, some good dialogue upstairs talking about how people might be in situations throughout their lives that we might not have ever experienced. Mm-hmm. And in order to connect with them, compliments are, are important. Um, you know, saying, hey, the things that you're doing, I might not have ever experienced before. But I think that it takes a lot of courage, and that's kind of the opening up aspect of it. And if you apply that to a team for a high-performance team, if you guys talk about, you know, what what worked during a certain practice, what didn't work, how how did this person react in this situation, I think we can, as a team, you can develop a certain rapport and a certain bond, and the ultimate goal, I think, of when we talk about the connection was establishing that common ground – and so when you establish a commonality amongst anybody, you become much more trustworthy with them. And I think you can ultimately lead each other better. And I think that's a, a good way to explain the importance of connection. Yeah, I, I think one of the reasons Nick Prince thought of Andy was because of some of the success you guys had together on the football field in high school. Mm-hmm. And your fo- uh, excuse me, the basketball court in high school. And then... You actually, all three of you, competed against one another in football in college, which was interesting. But, oh, yeah. Andy, what uh, what do you think the role of connection played with the success you guys had in high school, either football or basketball or both? Um, I think the role of connection really played a big role in our success. Um, you look at now, and I'm kind of coaching basketball. I'm around kids that are in sports, and you see they're not always together. They're kind of in separate groups. And when we were in high school, it was one big family, mm-hmm. one big group. So you know, when things would go bad, you'd always have, like, each other to pick each other up and things like that. So we always had each other's backs in any situation, and I think that contributed to our success, uh, made us stronger as a team, and really helped us out. I remember DJ telling a story. Did you guys guard each other in basketball a lot during practice? Every day. Yeah. It was basically every day. So how how was that to compete against one another? Was it was it fun? Was it a hassle? What was oh, it? It was awesome. Because I wasn't a starter. <laughs> and I'll and I'll get that out to the to the viewers here. Andy was Andy was on the starting five and I was my beautiful six man position, my favorite position in all of sports. And so every day I was like, I'm just going to try and beat the shit out of this kid. And so we just went at each other every single day. And 
And so he had me on, on weight and everything, but, you know, I fought back. I wasn't letting him win. And Andy, how what, how were those battles? I mean, they were tough. There was tough. almost like a football game out yes. there. I really think it helped him become a better player and me at the same time, which helped the team out in total. Yeah. Because um, we were running. I mean, it was almost like a football practice. It would be called yeah. the gorilla ball. The gorilla ball. And we only were allowed to play that like twice, though, because kids were getting like their teeth split open and everything. It got a little out of hand. <laughs> but we're battling hard with each other. And, yeah. you know, he's my best friend, like a teammate like that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the connection comes in. Any other kid, you're probably getting into a fight after when you're playing that hard with each other. Yeah. Um, and I, that's, that's a great point, I think, because uh, I used to watch some of those practices, mm -hmm. and I remember you guys going at it, and you would get mad at each other, and if people didn't know that you actually had connection, you would think, all right, they're going to fight. And I'm like, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, no, they're getting the best out of yeah, each other. And right exactly. now, in the moment, you guys don't like each other very much, but you love each other. It, mm -hmm. is, it was really interesting to watch, and I... I I agree exactly with what you said, Andy. I think you both got better from it. I love the fact that you knock each other down, help each other up mm -hmm. sometimes. But you know, it was yeah. it was really the connection and love that you guys had for one another actually allowed you to compete at a much higher level without getting too angry about it and bring the best out of each other. It was pretty cool. And you bring up a good point too, how somebody externally maybe not within our team or within our friend group mm -hmm. sees two people going at it sees two people fighting constantly back and forth and they're thinking oh my god these guys are gonna get in a fight and little do they know this is exactly what we want to do so right. and and you have other guys on the team nick prince nick ross i mean the other guys tyler farrell who are going at each other as well and so we were fortunate enough to develop this connection from fifth grade moving on that we know how far we can push each other to really get the best out of each other. Because we talk about all the time how the, the people around us really also help develop us, and it's through that connection. It's through that constant, um, that constant push of each other. Meaning, I know how good you are, but let's, let's go even farther. And I think we can all help each other out with that. I'll, I'll tell you the other thing I, I admired watching you guys come up through high school is um, your football experience. I thought for, yeah. for a team that big, I'm always amazed at how Coach Lapani is able to bring cohesion to such a big group of kids. And, and I don't know if it's uh, masterminded, you know, but he creates connection with you guys. Andy, what, uh, give us your kind of thoughts on how Lapani is able to create that type of connection amongst you guys. Yeah, it's, it's almost surreal how he's able to get a group of guys into this with. I mean, you're coming into high school, and some of these kids you don't have a connection mm -hmm. with, and then by the end, you're hanging out with them every day. They're still your best friends to the day. Mm -hmm. um, you hang out with them, you see them, you give them hugs, and I think that has a huge role in Hilton's success. I was able to play college football, and I think that was like a huge experience that I had, but I miss high school football, even playing college, and many people are the opposite way. They're, you know, they put high school in the past, and they're all about college football, and I'm sitting there like, uh, I had a pretty good family in high school. Yeah. So college football, I won championships. I never won a championship in high school. The championship was cool, but it's not, I mean, I don't mean it like in a bad way, but I would have rather experienced a championship with my high school team than my college team. Really? And that's just because the connection's there. And now in college, you have 180 guys, so there's connecting a big group of people like that's yeah. more difficult. But what, what, So what is, how does Coach Lapani do that? How does he create that family atmosphere? Because it is, it's very consistent. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I talk to people a lot older than you guys mm -hmm. that, that feel that with Coach Lapani. Uh, I've, I've always said, too, it was, it felt more like 
you were playing for your dad than, than you were a coach, really. And it and that was the same with Coach Skage, Coach Foreman, and Coach Harmon. I mean, it was they would make fun of you, they'd bust your chops, and you know we would sometimes do it back. But they made you laugh, they made you feel comfortable, and even when you messed up, they they explained to you what you did wrong, and then it was like you'll you'll be okay. You know, this is a game; it's all right, and we we make mistakes, and that's okay. That's what we're practicing for. That's what we're here for. So you constantly felt that love and that connection and, and really the love is a deep enough connection to the point where you almost feel love and a great example of how good this connection is is if, if you think about our the starting offense Nick Ross, Tony Negrelli, Dante Giordano, Derek Richards, Billy Ryan, Jake Brickler, Andy Miller, DJ Liguori, that's eight people we still see each other almost every three days and that's what six years removed from high school I mean Andy and Tony lived together. Me, Dante, and Nick Ross lived together. I mean, Billy and Mark and Mark Detroit was another one. I mean, these we see each other every single day almost. So that connection was so strong that it's led us into the next five to six years of our lives, and we don't want to change that anytime soon. Yeah, but guys, I'm, I'm asking what he does. How I, I get it, mm-hmm. right? I've seen it. I've watched it. I feel it when I'm around you guys. Like, I was fortunate enough to go out drinking with you guys a little while ago, and <laughs> It's awesome, yeah. right? You're hugging, you're laughing, you're like you said, you're ripping on each other, and it's it's really, really a feel good atmosphere. There's huge love and connection between you guys. I get it. How is he doing it, right? The, look, podcasting websites, this whole new generation of connecting with people, mm-hmm. right, is about helping them perform better. So we can't sit here and say we've been connected. That's not helping people. Right. If, if a coach listens to this or a leader listens to this or a person that wants to get into leadership listens to this, I want them to take away what it is that Coach Lopani does to make you guys feel like that. What's he doing? How is he doing it? I think a lot of the times, too, it was it was such the I wouldn't say li- like laissez faire type atmosphere, but it was such an, an atmosphere where you looked forward to So you'd go to school and then you'd practice after after school. You looked forward to being with not only your friends, but the coaches as well. And you almost felt like the coaches were as much your friend as they were an actual coach. So, and I've said this before, Coach Chapani used to say, I have no idea how we win any damn games around here. Because all we're doing all the time is messing around. But we all, at the same time, we understand we can mess around. But we also have a severe connection to being serious when it needs to be. And I think that was the, the perfect balance of, of getting the most out of us is, listen, we will be as serious as we possibly need to come Friday night, whenever, whatever opponent we're playing. But during the week, we are going to laugh. We're going to have some fun. We're going to learn how to play the game of football. And then it's all going to lead us up to that, that serious moment. And I think that was really how we got the most out of us is, is nothing was ever too tight, too, too wound up to the point that you kind of you lost control of what you really wanted to do. And I think a lot of the times we talk about being so nervous or so tightly wound about something that you end up actually totally messing up what you wanted to do. Yeah, you can't perform. Yeah. When, you can't perform when you're nervous. Exactly. What, Andy, what what are your thoughts? Why, how do you think he did it? Um, I think he just does it with the culture that Hilton football brings um, to the table. I think he does it a lot with not suffocating his players. You see a lot of coaches nowadays, every time the players are somewhere, the coach is right there. I can think back to two-a-days when – we would be in between lunch. You wouldn't see the coaches. They would be in their office. You couldn't leave the facility, so all the team is there together. You have no choice but to bond, form a connection, 
Uh, we used to play wall ball, eat lunch together. Mm-hmm. I think that like plays a lot of, into like the success we had and the connection that we were able to build. Nowadays, you see teams when they break for two a days, the players can go home for lunch. They can go out to lunch, and that kind of divides the team where you go with the crew that you feel more comfortable with, mm-hmm. rather than forming a bond with people you might not know that well, but you're going to begin to know them well. I think, yeah, I think that's a that's a very interesting point. I, I, so I've talked to Coach Lapani a little bit about this, um, and I don't know if he used the word love, but I did, and I, I think he he uses a very nice mixture of accountability, like you have to perform or you won't play. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't, it's not a personal decision for him. It's just like, hey, we're going to put the best players on offense. We're going to put the best players on defense. That means sometimes people are going to play both, right? So that limits, which was, yeah, that was, which was a case, time. right? So you got, you don't have, you know, 50 guys playing. You actually have probably 18 guys playing a lot and the rest of the people aren't, and that's hard to manage. But he's able to do it, I think, because he holds you guys accountable for performance but he doesn't make you feel bad because you're not performing. He makes you feel good because you are performing. He makes you feel good that you could perform if you keep putting in the effort, right? And I think he, by teasing you guys the way he does, it's almost like flirting, right? I mean, he's flirting with you in a way that uh, allows you to hold up your heads high and have dignity. And mm-hmm. and then when he rips you, right, he's put money in, a, in the emotional bank. Like he's yeah. he's built it's you like up, insurance. It, right? He's put his yeah. insurance out there. He's mm-hmm. let you know he loves you as a as a human being, and then when he rips you, you you're like, yeah, he's right, mm-hmm. and you don't like he's put money in the bank so he can take some out okay. occasionally. And um, I I just think it's been very very cool to watch. Um, I think more people should watch his practices and watch how he engages. It. And Andy, I think the free play thing in between two days is really interesting mm-hmm. too because these days. You know, practices, games, summer leagues are managed so tightly. When when I was growing up, we didn't have a summer league coach. Mm-hmm. We coached ourselves, right? Yeah. And to your point, we were able to bond bond that way, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's a good point. The free play between two days, mm-hmm. great yeah. great opportunity. That is true. What about uh, now? You guys are a little bit older. You're you're working. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Are you seeing? Are you seeing connection show up in the workplace at all? The benefit of connection, the benefit of uh, creating deeper relationships in the workplace. I would say yes, because people because now we're dealing with with money, and money brings a whole other aspect into it. Because when when you're dealing with high school sports, you're dealing with wins and losses, and now we're dealing with um, the the ability to to really produce value. And the way what I'm seeing value now is 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 the money essentially. And so when we start connecting with individuals at work, you start showing what, what you're worth at work. And I think the more that you talk to different people at, at work, whether you are into marketing, whether you are into finance, accounting, whatever it is, the more you know about all of the different branches of your position, I think the, that establishes connection with anything you do. And so it's kind of like a coach knowing every single every single play on defense, every single play on offense, all special teams, they understand everything. And so I think the more that you spread your knowledge around your actual company, I think the more then your connection will also spread as well. And it will also show your your boss or your superiors that I'm taking pride in my job here. I'm not just a marketer. I'm not just in accounting. I'm not just a salesman. I'm taking pride in the actual company that I work for. And I think when that is shown, it's kind of like us talking about the vulnerability aspect. It's us not being so conceited within our own position. 
It's us saying, hey, if accounting needs something, whatever, and if it's simple for me to do, I'm down to help them. And so it's showing that you're establishing connection with other areas and that really you're, you're here for the greater picture. You're here for the success of a company. Yeah, so DJ, DJ shared with me a story uh, at work one day that really he probably wasn't intentionally creating connection, but he did. He, we've, uh, we've asked Annie, one of his coworkers, to help us with the website and because she has a great technical eye for grammar and spelling and, and content. She's a technical writer expert, and um, so by asking her her opinion, by asking her for her expertise, he immediately deferred to her as an expert, which pumped her up, and and now Annie is really, really excited to work with us. We're excited to work with her, and to do that, DJ had to admit a weakness Mm -hmm. and acknowledge a strength of someone else, and I know without even meeting Annie yet that she's going to be a great partner for us. Um, just because of how DJ set it up. And Andy, I mean, you've got some real experiences similar re- recently. So what is, what is your job now? Uh, my job now is I'm in like the care management industry. So I'm able to um, go in there and take patients who have medical, um, medical like d- diseases, things like that, maybe school issues, behavioral health on the medical side, and kind of get them reconnected with some things that they may not have had before. Right. Because of poor relationships and connection. Gotcha. So when you when you introduced you said you I think earlier you said you manage between thirty and forty families. Is that or you support? Excuse me. You support thirty or forty families? Yeah, but right around thirty is where we yeah. cap it off at. So during that, I mean, how do you? I would imagine connections a big deal, right? Because they have to trust you. So how do you do that? And do you do you do it consciously or subconsciously or what? What is going on there? I think I do it subconsciously just because of the person that I am and kind of the experience that I had. As I mentioned before, I was in high school where I'm working with kids who have a lot of responsibility. So I was able to kind of work on my connection skills without even really knowing. And then I was able to bring that into this workplace. So subconsciously, I go into the house and kind of like you said, I compliment a family even without even knowing it. And that kind of forms a relationship. They trust me now. I think that plays a huge role. So, so yeah, you mentioned a very concrete example. So let's say you walk into a household, right? I, obviously, you're typically dealing with some stressors, some ang- some anxiety issues uh, within the family because of some of the hardships they've gone through. Let's say you walk into a house and it's a young mother, single parent household, three kids. How would you how would, you know how would you start creating that rapport and that trust with her? I just start by, you know, just asking a little bit about them. Get to know them as a family, like what what's going on in their life. I think a lot of the, like in my job, you could go in there and you can get right to the pen and paper. You know, this is what we're going to help you with. But first, I like to get to know a little bit about them. So if you went right to the pen and paper, how much trust would you be able to build? How much connection would you be able to build? There's no eye contact. You're just explaining what your program does. There's almost no facial expressions. They're just getting the black and white. All right, so you never start with a pen and paper. No, I don't think that's that. Right. No. So how would you start? I'm a single mother. So I walk into the house. I introduce myself. I'm smiling at them because I think like facial representation mm-hmm. says a lot. So I'm, I'm inviting myself yeah. to them. Um, so I sit down, and I, I just want to get to know a little bit about them. Uh, what was their life like? What's their life like now? What do they struggle with? And kind of go along that. So the interesting thing, you said it's subconscious. DJ and I talk about this a lot off off mic. But um, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And the best way to show people that you care is ask real questions. Mm-hmm. 
Now, men out there trying to get women, listen to what I just said. <laughs> Ask real questions. Yes. Giordano, Dante Giordano, <laughs> stop talking about yourself and listen to the girl. Ask questions, get her talking about herself. We all want to talk about ourselves. Therefore, when you're trying to influence someone, understand that that person wants to talk about themselves. They don't want to talk about you. Mm -hmm. Stop talking about yourself. So that's what you do subconsciously, right? You get them talking about their family. You get them talking about their situation, right? Mm -hmm. I really liked what you said. Give me an, give me an example. So you got a young mother uh, of three struggling. How would, you, how would you uncover her acres of diamonds, so to speak, and, and pump her up and, and give her some inspiration, motivation for her situation? Yeah. Um, a normal person looks at the family and they see a young mother, three children, maybe more, financially struggling and you know they kind of judge them they place a thing on them they don't realize what that person's going through and really they're probably stronger than they are they have to do all this on their own they have to find their own resources so I kind of let the mom know like hey you're doing an awesome job other people may not realize it but they don't know what you're going through and I think what I'm able to kind of see like I said earlier I don't know I, I personally have never been through that but I can understand what you're going through and so I compliment them and just let them know that you are doing a great job. And I think that kind of puts it in their head and they can start thinking, you know, I am. I may struggle with a few things, but I am doing a good job. Right. I'm, I'm a father. I'm a mother at the same time. I'm a mother and father at the same time, right? I'm, I'm, I'm so young that I might be close in age to some of my kids, right? I, I'm getting them on the bus. I'm feeding them. I'm clothing them. I'm, I'm raising them. I'm teaching them. I'm coaching them, right? So you highlight those things? Yeah, I love highlighting those things. And it, that forms a connection right there. Yep. So what, when you form that connection, what results? Do you get, uh, do you get people reaching out to you all hours of the night? All I mean, hours. Do they, they trust you? Yeah, you, you'll get a voicemail on a weekend. You may not be looking at your phone, but you know, mm -hmm. they know that you're there first thing Monday. And sometimes if, if I am there, I will answer it. And mm -hmm. that, that forms a connection. They can trust you. That's awesome. Which I thought was incredible upstairs. Like, and how we mentioned, if, if you were in a bad situation and you needed somebody, you, you, you couldn't do this by yourself. Right. And you had three people who you needed to call. Right. I think that's pretty impressive that if Andy is one of those people that one of these kids will leave a voicemail with, will shoot a text, you've connected deep enough to that person to where that's how much they'll trust and you. And obviously in a very short period of time, yes. too, because it's not like he's known him for, since he was in fifth grade or sixth yes. grade like you two do. You know? And um, all you have is really the information that they gave to you, too. Right. And, and, and vice versa, any right. information that you gave to them as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. I, so I'm going through a, a real tough time at work. We have about a 45-person business down in New York City that I, that I lead as a general manager, and we've lost our biggest customer, and we have to lay off about 75% of our workforce. So I'm actually, after the layoffs, I won't have a job. I will be out of a job. Um, and during this process, we, we took... Uh, for three years, I've built connection and rapport with this team and told them the only reason I'm there is to make them better people, better husbands, better wives, better friends, better, better workers, right? And as a result of that, when I came to the team and said, look, I'm going to have to lay you off. Some of them I'm going to have to lay you off October 4th, some maybe at the end of the year, right? But people, people are losing their jobs. Out of 40 people, 45 people, I think we had two that were truly angry with us. The rest of them would come up, hug us, tears in their eyes. We know you guys did the best you can. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And then we started calling companies. 
And we started saying, look, we're going to lay off a bunch of people. We've hired great people. We've built a great team here. We have connection with these people. I'm vouching for these people. And we're getting them jobs, right? And yeah. Because the hiring managers are like, this never happened. Nobody, no bosses call me. And we're, yeah. you know, we're being totally upfront and say, look, here's their strengths, here's their weaknesses, but they're good people, mm -hmm. right? They will, they will help your business. And the only reason we're getting through this the way we are is because I spent three years showing them how much I cared before I mm -hmm. showed them how much I knew, yeah. right? And then they trusted me to do the right things for them. And it's been, you know, as bad as an experience that this has been for all of us, we were coming out of it a family of sorts, right? Mm -hmm. And, man, I, I hope I never have to go through it again, but I'm glad that I'm going through it with this group of people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I can kind of speak to that. I was with a company where there was layoffs, and it didn't go that way. I, could, I mean, it didn't go with the connect, but I think the connection that you were able to form with them made it go smoother and easier on them. And it was the opposite for me. There was a lot of anger, uh, frustration, things like that. Mm -hmm. So I can kind of it kind of shows that the connection goes a long way. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I've gone so far as to help them rewrite resumes, help them with their LinkedIn profile, call hire managers on their behalf. Like I, I'll sit with them this week. I'm gonna be down in New York uh, helping you know helping more of these people. I'll I'll stay after hours and I'm gonna work on them and their interviewing skills. Right, uh, whatever they need for this next phase, next phase of their life, I'm gonna give them. Right, and then. Unfortunately, I'm going to need one of you guys to get me a job after this. <laughs> so, well, that's good. So I hope I'm making connection with you guys. <laughs> I was about to say, we're, we're connected enough. <laughs> and you can see how much somebody is connected in the face of adversity. You're right. That's when it shows up. I mean, that's right? really, and, and you can say that really about anything when that's something isn't going your way and you're, you are with another group of individuals. If something isn't going your way, you can see really how how much you really cared about that, that is a, that is such a great point mm -hmm. um you're right it, yeah. you have to build connection in order to overcome adversity yes. right because if not who are you going to turn to mm -hmm. right so you better start connecting with people and this is this is for the younger generation get off your fucking phones mm -hmm. right go do the free time play between double sessions mm -hmm. create human connections hug each other right punch each other i mean have some physical contact with each other and get to know people at a deeper level without the phones, without the social media shit. It's, it's such a big, big deal. And that way, when when the shit hits the fan, you got a fucking team with you, right? Mm -hmm. You can you can go, right? You can't go if you don't have people with you. You can't. You can't win alone. That's that You can't win alone. You will lose alone. Yeah. You can't win alone. Right? But if you have good connection, you can lose together, though. Yeah. If you have a and, good and, but it's good. But losing together feels a hell of a lot better than losing yes. alone. Right? Losing I mean, alone, yeah. yeah, being right? isolated. And having people in that sinking boat with you, uh, yes. you, get, you know you have a chance, but you know you can you have that empathy that Andy was yes. talking about, right? So, look, um, I don't know if you guys have anything to add, but that was, uh, I think we hit, we hit the nail on the head mm -hmm. there here at the end. There's um, one thing, too, and, and you just mentioned it, actually, Coach Gibbs, about getting off your phone yeah i mean imagine i remember when my parent we we switched from verizon to at&t or something like that and my phone i was off the grid for three days and i was like wow this is unbelievable i have absolutely no connection with people electronically i actually have to use my words and actually talk to people or call someone on a, on a landline or something like that mm. and i remember when we made this initial worksheet um the fifth question was how can you practice being more connected to people in your life 
and we just made a word bank and it says smile, hug, laugh, stories, memories, moments, commonalities, emotions, friendship, food, ego, kindness, comfortability, school, joking around. None of that says texting. Yeah, so here I, I do this with people all the time. Tell me, Andy, you tell me first. Give me your most fond childhood memory. Something that just sticks out to you as awesome as a kid. Cucalay. Cucalay. Yep. DJ? I, I, I would firmly agree with Cucalay. That I, is, that is and I would, I would put it in one of my top two. I mm-hmm. had one of the best vacations ever when we were Cucalay for the first time um, with the families. Mm-hmm. And I worked 6 a.m. to noon every single day because we were in the middle of an acquisition. And I had to work. So I worked 6 a.m. to noon every day, and it was the best vacation I ever had. Cuca mm-hmm. Lake. And it was because we had four families together, plus families would come in during the day. Mm-hmm. And we weren't on phones. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's... We just we were on phones. We were playing uh, Frisbee. We were playing uh, fishing. Yes. We were skiing. We were tubing. It was awesome. I've always right? thought of like how cool it would be if you threw a party and you told everybody that you had to leave your phone at the front door. Yeah, you should. People wouldn't know what to do. People wouldn't know what to do. They seriously would be walking around. They'd be like, dude, I, I don't know what to do. I kind of need my phone. I, need to, I, feel, I feel naked. I feel unconnected. Well, if you feel unconnected electronically, let's get connected yeah. personally. That's a great point. That's a, I think that's a, a good way to say it. Yeah, I love it. And I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad we didn't rehearse that last bit. About Cuca Lake, and I'm glad all three of us it feel that that right. was one of that was one of the right answers. It just right? rolled off the tongue for sure. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, guys, no electronics show up at a Cuca Lake uh, back of the days I'm talking about. Throw anyway. your phone in the lake. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. All right, guys, uh, Acres of Diamonds, great, great session today. Andy Miller, thank you so much. Um, right. You, uh, I've always thought you uh, you a very, very tough, 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 tough athlete with a very kind heart dj same thing i remember coaching both you guys hey knock them down help them up with a smile knock, and then knock them down and help them up with a smile again mm-hmm. and i think you guys are the epitome of tough tough men that also understand compassion and empathy and mm-hmm. sticking up for the for the guys that uh, for the underprivileged for mm-hmm. the for the people that don't have some of the gifts that you two have mm-hmm. um and i think that's what makes you renaissance men and I think, um, I hope, I'm very, very, very happy to see you growing up the way you're growing up. And I think as leaders in, in the community, you're going to have a huge, huge impact. So thanks for sitting in today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys.